Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer down in the Hall of Fame room in Ice District at Rogers Place again. Two o'clock today, we will carry the Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland uh, presser. The Oilers announcing today that Jeff Jackson is their new CEO of hockey operations uh, for the last uh, 13 seasons or so. He has been an NHL agent and uh, represents uh, or represented until uh, today uh, a guy by the name of Connor McDavid. I'm going to read an occasional tweet or two here from some guys out there that are out there in the Twitter verse. This from Kurt Levins from the Cult of Hockey on the Oilers announcement today. Daryl Cates announcing Jeff Jackson's been named the new CEO of Hockey Ops for the Oilers. Uh, Levins says, a move that for the long-term health and prosperity of the Oilers franchise is stunningly brilliant. A masterstroke. That comes to us from Kurt Levins. We are pleased uh, we mentioned yesterday that uh, Wild Factor Desserts uh, confirmed uh, their sponsorship of Brian Lawton segments uh, coming up on Oilers Now all season long. Wild Factor Desserts, help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click wildfactordesserts.com. We're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino. He is back uh, from a trip in the Mediterranean. Uh, he was still plugged in, I can tell you that. We welcome back to the show former NHL uh, number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft. He, of course, started Octagon's player agency, sold that agency to become the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. If anybody knows what Jeff Jackson's going to be going through here over the next little while, it is Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob, and thank you for that plug. We did talk a couple of times while I was over in Europe uh, as things generally get pretty slow in the middle of the summer, but there's always something going on in the NHL. Yes, uh, well, there are people that can be discreet that uh, and, and have honor, so that's always appreciated. Integrity is a great thing. Uh, tell me this. Uh, your initial thoughts when hearing uh, the news that Jeff Jackson will become uh, or is the new CEO of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oilers? I think it's a very proactive, very smart decision by uh, Daryl Cates, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's pretty widely known that Ken's going to wrap it up after this year. I think this takes some of the pressure off of him maybe having to figure out what happens then because I was envisioning that as part of the scenario, which I thought uh, would not be ideal for the club. So I think they probably looked at it and came to the same conclusion. And I think it's brilliant in the end. I think uh, I know Jeff very well. I played with Jeff. He's a tremendous guy, very balanced. He's done an awesome job in a field that I used to be in as an agent and uh, has worked for a club before in the past was a very good player in the NHL and a great teammate. I think he's going to be terrific for the organization. Uh, does it make it more terrific that uh, for the last uh, several years he's represented Connor McDavid? I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Yes, <laughs> that would make it very terrific, but not the slam dunk that people may say right. from the outside. Jeff's got a lot of integrity, as does Connor. Um you know, that's still a huge negotiation for the club, as is Leon Dreisaitl, of course, coming up before that, in theory. Um, but no, there, undoubtedly, that is a massive positive for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, 
doesn't mean anything is uh, done or in the books or cooked or anything like that. I just think it's a real plus. But aside from that, I just think Jeff will do a great job for the organization. I think he'll have a lot. Um, he's one of the few guys that I played with. I can really only think of one other, uh, and that's Mike Liute, that were guys that played in the NHL, finished their law degree afterwards, uh, were high achievers in multiple things. Of course, Edmonton's familiar with this with a great former redheaded defenseman for the Oilers who uh, was Randy Gregg and the yeah. things he's done in his professional career. So uh, I've got a lot of respect for Jeff. He's had a very impressive life thus far, and this is a huge step for him, but I just think it's going to really benefit the club long term. We're joined by Brian Lawton, who uh, who made a step uh, from um, from an agency into management. We'll get to that in a second, but when, because uh, you, you've told the story before, you, you ended up interviewing uh, with Orrin Kulis and and Len Berry, and those guys uh, uh, were officially welcomed into the league on the same day that Daryl Cates was, uh, back in early July of uh, 2008 or whatever it was at that time. And I guess where I'm going to go with this is what I'm going to take you back uh, to January of 2008. We had Wayne Gretzky on Total Sports. At that time, it was a show uh, spec uh, for four of the five years was my my co-host. And we had Wayne, and I asked Wayne, uh, you know, Wayne, you got sold. Mark Messier got sold. Paul Coffey, in a way, got sold to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Oilers weren't able to retain their best players, and... Wayne cut me off right away because he knew where I was going. I said, you know, we've gone from uh, a one-man in Peter Pocklington to a 38-man ownership group. Should we be, you know, what happens if it's a one? And he, and he said, look, Bob, Daryl Cates will do whatever's possible to keep his best players and sign them to as long a deals as he can. Well, guess what he's done, Brian? He signed Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle. Jordan only wanted six years, but he could add a seventh year. Nugent Hopkins has had two deals here, one of seven, one of eight. Uh, Drysaddle and McDavid, eight-year deals. There's a bit of a, a trend, a bit of a theme, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and it's true. I think Daryl has honestly, I think he's been a terrific owner for the community and you know, whenever you're doing new buildings and you're a billionaire and things like that, it, it can it can go sideways a little bit. But the fact of the matter is that Daryl's very well respected amongst all the owners in the National Hockey League, and he has really been a terrific steward of this franchise. Uh, he's done everything he can. Um, people are still anxiously awaiting the big results again to get back to the days that the community right. is familiar with. I think they're on the precipice for that. I think you have to keep in mind that, you know, the 31 other organizations are all trying to. Um, but my analysis would be he's done an excellent job and um, really been an asset for the community. It's it's done. Connor McDavid has done huge things, as has Leon and the rest of the team. But uh, Daryl has done his part. I feel like he's become quieter maybe than the early days. I think that's been really beneficial and, um, you know, the, uh, honestly, the best is yet to come for the Edmonton Oilers in terms of his tenure as the steward of this franchise. Brian, how long did you work at the NHL Network? Uh, seven, eight years you were there? Seven years, yes. Se- seven years. So, you know, you talked to Gary. You talked to, to Bill Daly. I mean, I... 
Like I think, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the CBC did a the Jim Ball silly story. And I, they may have embellished how confrontational it was when Jim didn't get his way in the deal with the NHL. And of course, he was looking to move into team into Toronto. You just can't, or Hamilton. You just can't do that, right? But uh, I guess where I'm going here is, like, uh, people need to understand, you talk to these guys, right? Like, you were in the role of a GM. You've been recommended for other general manager roles. It's, you would, I mean, you would hear things around the league in terms of, which owners are subtle, sort of under the radar a bit? Because there are some owners that lead the way for initiatives in the league, and then there's other owners that are more focused on uh, on their own organizations and their own cities. That's true, and obviously, I was a member of the board of governors, so I would be at the meetings with all these guys, and as private as they can be, when you have uh, you know roughly thirty teams in the NHL, um, you get to know these guys. And uh, those are uh, times that I certainly look forward to. Yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, you have a bunch, a bunch of very wealthy people <laughs> that have had success in other businesses get together, and they're generally in, you know, plush locations. You know, think Pebble Beach or South Florida or you name it. And uh, it's a good time for people to unwind and really get to, to know people. I, I, I had a couple of delightful evenings with George Gillette, of course, who used to own the Montreal Canadiens, and he was just a terrific guy and, and many other guys that you really get to know and see what kind of character they have, and uh, you get to assess them a lot better. And the, only, the NHL is kind of under a changing of the guard. Yep. You know, as some of the owners, you know, I mean, God bless Rocky Wirtz, of course, his dad was in power all throughout my playing days. Uh, Mr. Jacobs in Boston is getting older, but his children are doing a great job with that, as are the Wirtz. Uh, Ed Schneider, you know, passing away, of course, also is a new era for the Philadelphia Flyers. And you've got a whole host of new guys that have picked up the baton and are doing a great job. And some of them are very vocal. And some of them, like a Jeff Finnick, are a little bit more reserved. They have gotten a lot done, but they do it in a different way. And I just think when you look at the totality of it, Gary has spent a lot of time recruiting people that not only can afford what a National Hockey League team costs now, but also that he believes will do a great job as an owner in the National Hockey League. And uh, I think Daryl has fulfilled that 100% in terms of what he's given to Edmonton. All right, let's switch focus. Educator listeners, what, how how long do you think, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long this has gone on for myself. Maybe at some point Jeff will give us a little bit of input, but he had like 20 clients. Uh, you know, this gets consummated and announced today by the Edmonton Oilers. You would, when you sold your agency, did you reach out to each of your individual clients that you were representing and tell them, look, I've got an opportunity. Uh, I'm going to be going like to the Tampa Bay Lightning as a GM. How did that all work, Brian? Uh, for me, it would be slightly different than, than Jeff. Um, but I have seen other guys go through that. And the reason I say it was different for me is because I went and I met with the commissioner and in a very quick, funny story, I said, you know, I'd really like to make the transition from an agent to being a GM. You know, what can I do? And he said, well, I don't really like that. You know, you're an agent right now. If you want to go on and do that, maybe there should be a bit of a buffer. I came back two months later and said I resigned. And I actually did resign from Octagon. I notified them I was resigning, so I wanted to have a plan in place because I dearly loved Octagon. I took a lot of pride in building that firm 
it was my company originally that I sold to them and it lives on today with 100 plus NHL players and I'm really proud of that but I had done it in a way where there was a little bit of a ramp up in Jeff's case now this is pretty sudden by all accounts of of my sources uh, it's certainly been out there and been talked about but six eight weeks however long we could guesstimate that's gone on that's quick and it's not really kosher that uh, when I left I left octagon I worked for a few more months but that was it and all of my clients I went on a tour with the other agents and met with each player that I represented and sat down with them and made a case for why they should continue on with Octagon. And almost every player did, except for one that I'm very good friends with, but I respect him. He happens to be the assistant coach with the Oilers now, Mark Stewart. And uh, that was Mark's right to do that. He ended up working with somebody different. But these are the things that go into it. Jeff would have to have taken a lot of steps in this area to clean up his life to handle it properly with the company he was working with. And uh, I'm certain he would have done that with his training legally. Uh, Probably was a lot easier for him, but there is a lot that goes in behind the scenes. There is a lot of basically guaranteed money that Jeff would be giving up to take this job. Well, he had over $200 million in contracts, and that's with three years left on the McDavid deal. If you included, you know, the next contract that he gets for Connor the next five years, you're probably looking at $75 million. So, you know, I, I look at it. We had Jerry Johansson in studio for an hour on Tuesday, and he's up over $550 million. That doesn't even include his splits. He gets a split on guys like Aho and Lekkonen because he negotiates uh, those deals for his Finnish guy, Radicalio. So, I mean, it's... I mean, you can you can do pretty well as a an agent. Are we talking seven figures for some of these guys? We are today. Um, yeah. You know, people forget. I mean, I, uh, I had uh, Sean Burke as a client a long time ago, and Sean was paying me more than I got paid to play in the NHL at you know essentially three percent of his contract. The game has just changed. I'm putting that way in perspective, going way back. But, yes, it's it's very lucrative now. The difference is when I started as an agent, it was really undermanned in the space. It had been some of the traditional guys. Some of them had passed away, like Don Baisley, Don Meehan. But there wasn't a lot. Today I feel like there's a lot more people trying to get into the business. It's a lot more competitive than it used to be. I always felt fortunate that my career ended when it did because I was able to kind of roll into that quickly and build a fairly significant business out of it. Brian, do you believe as uh, as an agent, you, you see, I mean, you work with every team in the league. Does that put you in a position to have a better awareness, possibly, of best of or even worst of uh, practices than if you just come out of one organization and this is the way we do it and, and that's kind of how it, like, do you know what I'm saying here? Does that breadth of experience, because you're working with every NHL organization, change the complexion as to how you might look at things once you get that opportunity uh, as a hockey operations type? Yes, it absolutely does. And I would imagine that, like myself, you know, who always wanted to work with a club, I really wanted to be an agent to learn the business side of it. And I thought it would be great if people would pay me for it, which they did. In Jeff's case, I'm certain he would have always had an eye on potentially doing this. Not everybody wants to do it. I look at guys like Jerry Johansson, they could do it. I'm not sure they want to. You'd have to ask them. Pat Bersan, 
Pat and I have talked about it in the past. There's people that have approached him. Um, you have to want to do it. Jeff, having been a player, I think that helps. I certainly knew before I retired that I wanted to manage a club one day. So that forces you to really pay attention and to look at best practices and, as you're saying, worst practices as well. I think that will help Jeff quite a bit. There's certainly a lot of knowledge there in terms of what's going on around the league. It's a real benefit to be able to do that. Jeff is very personable, and that's the other part of it that I think is really key is that you don't just do the contracts, but you get to know the people And when you have enough clients that you're coming around all the time, it tends to level the playing field a little bit. That's what we were trying to build at Octagon. We were successful in that. Jeff was able to build that in his practice. Um, It just really helps helps the person in Jeff's case to get to know each one of the GMs and what they're all about. We're joined by Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. Brian mentioned Pat Brisson. Pat Brisson is one of six agents in the league that has more than $100 million worth of active contracts in a season right now. Craig Oster's at 214, former Manitoba Bison. Pat Brisson, long connected with Luke Robitaille in the LA Kings. He's at $211 million a year. Uh, JP Berry's at 159. Dan Milstein, who represents Evander Keynes, at $115 million. Jerry Johansson at 110 And Pat Moore from Newport at 107. So Newport with two of the top six guys and CAA with two. Of the t- so those are some of the bigger hitters and then a couple independents, Johansson and Milstein right with them. So, I mean, th- this is going to be really interesting to watch how this all unfolds. Uh, you know, because I, I, I do, you, we've talked a bit about, just to wrap up here, uh, Brian, a bit about the development side in an organization as well. The second round of the 2016 draft for... Uh, Jeff Jackson and Dave Gagne, those guys killed it. I mean, they got uh, Debrinket and they got Cairo. You know, Jordan Cairo is a great player. Scored, I think, 37 goals last year. Debrinket's had two 40-goal seasons. They got Radish and Kachuk as well that are full-time NHL players. Those guys are second-round picks. Like, second-round picks hit about 20% of the time. And I know they did some of their own development. And this is something that you started to incorporate when you're in agencies. You didn't just rely on the team to develop the player because you had a relationship with the player that predated the team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was very personal. I can remember being a player for the San Jose Jose Sharks, and I was up at Brainerd in Minnesota at a camp that Chuck Grillo, who was one of the top executives for the Sharks way back when, he was part of the three-headed monster with Dean Lombardi and George uh, Kingston. Uh, At that camp, Michael Barnett was there, of all people, and I was a player still at this time. And that was really the first time I said, when I – retire and I start an agency, we're going to really focus on doing our own player development. And when I did that, uh, I started it right away. I took it to Octagon with me. Octagon fought me early on as to why I would have that expense on the books. And I said, I believe it's our future that we will be able to add a lot to our clients and they will come and work with us because of it. Everybody's doing it now. But I think Jeff Jackson is a guy that's really paid attention in this area, and it's not just a box to check. It isn't just like some of the clubs in the NHL that say they have analytics, but really don't, or you just ha- you just say it because an owner's going to ask you at some point. I think that's the way Jeff has treated player development, and I think that that is going to be a huge plus for the Edmonton Oilers. Total curveball to wrap up. Uh, Mediterranean, were you in Greece? 
I was in uh, Santorini and Mykonos for eight days, and then I was in Capri, Positano, in Rome for another eight days. And my wife hoodwinked me on this trip, but don't ever tell anybody that. I thought we normally go to Europe for about 10 days, sometimes 11 or 12. This was a little long. I love Europe. I enjoyed it. But even I was like, what day are we going home, honey? I had my kids with me. It was a very enjoyable trip. It was beautiful. Um, I feel very fortunate to be able to, to take a break and do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, Brian, I flew my family to Vancouver for a week, and we went to the island for two days. So uh, that was our island. It wasn't Greece. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was all good. It's uh, Some of these countries like Greece are... Their economies are not doing great, and tourism is, you know, how they're really surviving. And Americans and Canadians, because I met a lot of Canadians on this trip, all throughout Europe are flocking over there in huge numbers. And in the U.S., a lot of Americans are as well, and they're not traveling around the U.S. So let's not forget about our home countries also yeah. and make sure we all go out to Vancouver and spend more than a couple of days and keep our countries running. But uh North America is definitely supporting uh, some of these European countries in a big way right now. There's a lot of shopping in Vancouver, and uh, all I'm going to tell you is we could have afforded to have gone to Europe with what we spent on that trip. But that's a whole other story. Uh, great stuff. Hey, we look forward to having you join us starting again in late September. Thank you for providing us uh, insight again on uh, the Oilers announcement today that Jeff Jackson is the new CEO of Hockey Operations. Brian, much appreciated. Thank you, Bob. Again, Brian Lawton uh, will join us uh, in the fall. The show goes to 5 to 7. Uh, we can tell you that uh, Frank Saravalli and uh, uh, Elliot Friedman and Brian Lawton are all confirmed for the upcoming season, and uh, we're going to continue to work away at that. Might have a couple surprise uh, guests, you know, as well during uh, uh, regular guests. So they're important guys to get on the show. They know the league, they know the game, and it's awesome having them on. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout, but not before, not before I tell you that some guests and winners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef L. Taft that Oilers now sent you. Uh, Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. We'll quickly get into some text. Cam Moon sliding in at 1 o'clock. This is Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. 1257 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer down in nice district. We're in the Hall of Fame room. We're in just about an hour's time. Jeff Jackson and Ken Holland's presser will take place. Uh, I will tell you this from Cactus Jack Bob. Well, Factor Dessert is going to get their money's worth this fall. Brian Lawton is a terrific guest on your show. Uh, there you go. Uh, we will tell you that the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Uh, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown partnering up with Evander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers multiple times this year uh, for various initiatives. Uh, Trent Brown, of course, the former All-Star CFL Safety, uh, winner of the 1993 Grey Cup with the Edmonton Eskimos. It is a bye week uh, for uh, the Edmonton Elks. You can keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Rob says, Bob, um, Jeff Jackson is a stellar hire. 
hope he really is three or four years ahead in understanding players and can help uncover the next star uh, in goal for us. Someone comes to us from Rob. Well, you know, the Oilers did have a goalie make the all-rookie team this year. His name was Stuart Skinner. I know there were some tough moments in the playoffs, but lots of goaltenders had tough moments, all four of them, against the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, we know this about Skinner. Uh, he grinds. There's no question. And when you grind, you got a shot. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Cam Moon will join us here live at Rogers Place when we return.